All right. Uh, I'm ready if you all are. Any any questions before we begin? Ready, Freddy. All right. Mel, you good? you good? Feeling okay? I'm I'm actively dying, but other than that, I'm good. All right. Da- <laughs> David? This is a hell of a way to go. Okay. <laughs> this is my last moment. <laughs> this very podcast. <laughs> well, you probably get some hits on it. You know. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I am Michael Moeller, joined today by David Satterley, and also guest host Mel Fox, from work for your beer. And guys, we're not in Louisville, Kentucky today. Unfortunately, we're missing John Renane, but we're actually in Charlotte, North Carolina, specifically at Divine Barrel Brewing, joined by James Amato, marketing manager from Divine Barrel. James, thanks for having us here today, inviting us into your your work home. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming and for thinking of us, and we're honored to uh, take part in the podcast. Well, a, a big part of this is of you being on here and us being, you know, essentially persuaded to come here was through the recommendation of Mel. So, Mel, thank you for, you know, making this happen. I'll only bring you to the best places. So, and we love stoked. Mel, <laughs> and we love Mel a lot. So, we're glad she brought y'all here. That's that's perfect, and that's exactly what we wanted to hear. And we are filming in the barrel room. Woohoo! Very Kentucky of us. Yes. <laughs> to immediately yes. walk in and say, "Hey, that room. We would like to film there." Yes, that's exactly what we want. And you know, we, we see a lot of things from North Carolina here with the barrels, but we also see some some Woodford, some things that remind us of home too. I think. Who knows? But yeah, we'll we'll get into a little bit about that later. I think. But uh, for now, James, can you just tell us a little bit about Divine Barrel? Yeah, for sure. So Divine Barrel Brewing has been open for uh, just over four and a half years. We'll have our five-year anniversary in March of 2023. Um, love working here. It's uh, it's an awesome place. It's very family-oriented, um, very welcoming to all new employees and, and anybody who just comes in here. It's, it's like one big family, which is an awesome feel um, as an employee. Uh, and then um, I, you know, hear all the time, like, Mel loves coming here to drink, and a lot of other people love uh, coming to enjoy a beer or two uh, in the tap room. Um, we focus uh, a lot on clean beer, so we do a lot of uh, West Coast IPAs. We do a lot of lagers. Um, we do a lot of kettle sours, um, so a lot of kind of crazy fun sours as well as we try and mix in um, – some traditional beers. Uh, y'all sampled one of our pub ales earlier. We've got a Hefeweizen. So um, we really, really, really like to focus, at least beer-wise, on just executing good beer, whether it's something crazy and new or uh, honoring tradition. Um, there's room for it all we think and so something for everyone exactly exactly and mel what was your first experience here like so this is the brewery that i feel like you walk into and it kind of feels like home and everyone is so welcoming like the staff is always super helpful and very honest like they know kind of what styles i like right now so uh they will be very honest if i will like something or not like something which i always appreciate and i just 
it the space itself is gorgeous. There's a lot of plants. It's very homey. Um, and yeah, it's more about like the people and the relationships and the community factor here that James hit on. I always say like, you know, when Dory and Finding Nemo is like, and I, it feels like home. Like that's how I feel every time I walk into Divine Barrel. And um, yeah, we're, I'm just super grateful that we've made such a good connection here because James and I do a lot of content creation together and we like to be goofy and fun <laughs> and um, get, get a little weird in the Charlotte community. To say the least. Yeah. Um, we like dancing together. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the beer is always top notch. I mean, I think I came here first and really dove into the sours cause I, you know, went through my sour phase. Um, and they have a cobbler series that is just like so fire. It's so good. <laughs> Tastes like cobbler. It honestly, they have a variety of different fruit cobblers. Uh, you can probably name all of them at this point, but they are all like super, super delicious and really unique. Like I don't think there's any other beer like it in Charlotte. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Friend. yeah. I, as soon as we walked in, I was like, man, this is homey. Like the, the lights, the ambiance, the wood paneling, the, the plants, the plants, the low eyes, the brick walls. It's, and now the barrels. I just, it, it feels like you're stepping into somewhere familiar. Yeah. And good. And yeah. there's an N64 in the corner. I don't know if you guys noted that, but they have like 35 games you can pick. <laughs> and I'll literally just come with like one friend and we'll sit and drink beer and play N64. And it's just the best. Do you have a go-to game? Uh, I played wave race here for like three hours once <laughs> That's uh, awesome. and <laughs> I'm really good at wave race. <laughs> and so like I was just doing all like the stupid trick moves as my girl. I like, was not well, expecting yeah. that as your that, answer. That's a deep cut. That is a very yeah. deep cut. I like it. Um, Normally people go for the Mario Kart. Mario or, Kart is just the classic, yeah. but yeah. I loved that you guys had wave race. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing we're missing is, um, uh, the original Super Smash Bros. for N64. I can't help you there. It's so expensive to... I've looked at get it online. It's way too It's way too expensive to purchase for the brewery and not for myself. So. Fair. <laughs> and then even if you do buy it, you got to like blow it out all the time. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's a complete exactly. mess. Yeah. So we... So part of the nostalgia, okay. <laughs> we... Exactly. We even have a... I think we even have a backup N64 that's sitting in I have a spare one if you one. ever need it too. Okay, cool. So now we have a third N64 in case the other two crap out on I us, offered so. to bring in some of my games too, <laughs> just in case you need them. Okay, thank you. Speaking <laughs> of classics, um, we got a couple beers poured here before we got started uh, and Michael and I opted for the Czech Pills. Uh, this is a really fantastic, like you were saying, sticking to those old traditional styles. It's poured in a giant mug um, oh, yeah. out of a side you, you, pour. Yep. Got great Great foamy head on it. Thank you. Yeah, we, um, again, loggers are, we just love making all different kinds of loggers. Um, but this Czech Pills specifically is one that we um, kind of did a year or two ago uh, just for the first time. And it was such a big hit uh, amongst our staff and amongst just the Charlotte drinking community that it's now turned into kind of a semi-regular lager that we brew. Um, and uh, we have a Lucre side pour faucet, which is awesome. It's a wonderful way to serve that beer and lager in general. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I've got um, the hoppy lager. So it's um, an American lager base that we hop a little bit more uh, than your you know, a little bit less than an IPA, I'd say. So you get that clean base and just enough hops in it. Um, 
Yeah, so we we like to mix up our our loggers. We've got an amber logger out there right now. I think we've got a Mexican logger coming out. Um, obviously, Oktoberfest is right around the oh, corner, yeah. so we've got an Oktoberfest coming and a dunkel. So, like to do loggers. Oh, that dunkel season was two months ago. Oh. <laughs> That's well. All right. We'll do another. Well, late to the dunkel season. <laughs> it's always dunkel season. It's always dunkel season. We're trying to get the name Donkey Boy to catch on, like Crispy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Boy. It hasn't really be, picked uh, up. Your next slogan for that. There Donkey Boy. <laughs> I might have to. It's a hit. I'll have to. Oh, I'll have to go. bring it up Guaranteed to the guys. Hit. You heard it here first. Well, <laughs> so so you mentioned this uh, this check bills being kind of uh, you know a gravitational pull for people in the neighborhood that really like the you know these kind of loggers. Tell us a little bit about the neighborhood though and where we are. Yeah, so we are in the Noda neighborhood of Charlotte, um, kind of east northeast Charlotte. A uh, little for those of you that don't know, Charlotte is broken up into just very broken up into neighborhoods, um, and Noda is kind of traditionally known as the artsy, uh, artsy. The arts district, the arts if you district. will. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a couple concert venues. We've got lots of breweries, um, lots of art, a couple art galleries. Just very kind of eclectic, um, very walkable. Uh, we're about a half mile from uh, the heart of Noda. So very walkable. Um, it's, it's an awesome neighborhood. It's definitely growing like the rest of Charlotte. Um, so you're starting to see... A lot more businesses and restaurants pick up in the neighborhood and um, especially start coming this way and move out of the heart of Noda, which is really cool to see the growth just even since we've been here for four and a half years. Yeah. And for reference, uh, Divine Barrel is always the first place I send people because you can start here. And then as you walk into the heart of Noda and out to the other side, you can hit seven breweries. So this is the beginning of what I deem the Noda Ale Trail, which isn't a real thing. But if it was, (laughs) this would be the start of it. Um, And it's so nice because like you also get your steps in so you can be a little healthy. Hey, look at that work for your beer tie-in. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You worked off that last beer from the last Exactly. Come here. Yeah. And it's nice. We also have um, uh, a distillery right across the street, which is really cool. It's called Great Wagon Road Distilling. Um, Got a great synergy. Uh, You can't see it, but some of the barrels behind the camera are from Great Wagon Road. So we've got some barley wine uh, that's been sitting in there for almost a year now. Um, But yeah, it's just cool. They're like, I think we got some whiskey and bourbon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, from them but yeah so it's it's a cool little cool little neighborhood yeah and that's a like just seeing the great wagon road stuff like you guys do so many collaborations within the neighborhood as well you even have a street that you adopted that you do clean up on like i feel like noda is so community driven which is why like this place feels like home because like the community is so strong here yes um and like collaborating with other businesses is like the norm yeah i would agree with that um as a, as a community-oriented brewery, we definitely try and uplift um, many of our fellow NOTA businesses and Charlotte businesses in general. And um, if there's any way that we can help the neighborhood or just do good, whether it's through nonprofit work or just being good neighbors, uh, we will do our best to try and do it. 
Yeah. Well, you mentioned um, working with other businesses. One is actually sitting right next to you. Uh, <laughs> work, work for your beer. Uh, you, you all did a collab recently, uh, Unbelievably Annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about that collab, guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you, would you like to so, start us? I'm just going to start with what Unbelievably Annoying is because uh, we did five different birthday collabs for Work For Your Beer's fifth birthday, and this was one of them. Uh, the beer itself was a delicious coffee stout uh, and unbelievably annoying. The name for it was driven by a comment that we got on one of our social media posts where someone said that they were uninstalling the app at the time that we were featured on because they partnered with us. And and my friend goes in the comment section, of course, she likes to egg on the trolls. She was like, why would you do that? You'd like to work out. You'd like to drink. Feels like you would actually like them. And he, his response was, I just find them to be unbelievably annoying. <laughs> and so we made a beer called Unbelievably Annoying. We made merch. We sold it. <laughs> it's <was> great. This <laughs> is the best. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the can art was actually really nice because it was like a coffee cup that had just spilled, which also is, is unbelievably, unbelievably annoying. annoying. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. It was like, it honestly just tasted like cold brew. It was a great beer. Like I could drink that beer every morning and I would be happy. <laughs> yeah. We, we had an awesome time making that beer with y'all um again we've been doing reels and creating content with mel for i t- long since time reels now. started <laughs> yeah since <laughs> since we had to start doing reels since uh, i was like hey i have 10 weird ideas you want to do it <laughs> yep i have no problem making an ass of myself on social media so i am your man so anyways it just kind of started like that and then our friendship and partnership is and and we were always friends and friendly before we started doing this but uh it's been an awesome partnership getting closer and closer with mel and work for your beer and um consider you like a sister now so happy (laughs) love that happy we got to make that beer with you and yeah it was awesome and we got to actually host their Birthday party. Uh, their birthday party. So yeah. it was nice featuring that beer. Yeah. And if you guys, I mean, you can see the barrel room here, but they rent out this barrel room for like special events and stuff. And it's so nice because it's just such an easy place to be able to like, I mean, it didn't take us long to set up. Like everyone is so accommodating. If you guys need to have a Charlotte party of sorts, <laughs> this is the space. We're the spot. <laughs> That's right. You did make a quick comment about the uh, number one social media platform for pictures becoming a platform for videos. Yes. <laughs> yep. Have yep. any thoughts on that? It's awesome. We're just leaning in. <laughs> yep. Although it is, I, I mean, it's kind of absurd. I'm still testing it out and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, I'll take a short video of something stupid and it does really, really well on social media. And then I'll do, I'll take a video. I'll be like, you know, I think this is going to crush. And Flop. it just, <laughs> just nothing. I will say most of ours <laughs> are not ours together. Sometimes yeah. like there's one or two that we're like, oh man, that oh. one's funny, but the algorithm didn't pick it up. That yeah. wasn't possibly our fault. <laughs> I was, I was talking about divine barrel, oh. the work for your beer and divine barrel collaborations usually crush. And Uh, I mean, how could they not? That's right. right. Um, That's right. You know, coming from a social media agency and PR agency space, uh, what I appreciate most about Reels and that transition, to David's point, this is a good tangent, uh, but yeah, let's talk about this for a second. Um, 
I used to have clients that were just constantly on the, hey, why isn't this getting more likes? Why aren't we getting likes? Why aren't we getting likes? And I always had to explain to them like, well, do you like everything that you see? Chances are is probably not. No. But what I really like about Reels is that there's more of attention to reach and plays, mm -hmm. which all of a sudden you 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 see the the analytics behind those. Those are always way more than the likes. Yeah, it tells a oh, better yeah. story of engagement for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, and so I will. That's a good point. Um, and I will say when we do get a good video, which has been we've been getting some great videos recently too, especially we've been knocking them out of the park, but. Um, you definitely do get a lot more engagement and reach and all that stuff. So from that aspect, it's, it's great and very helpful. Um, especially, you know, getting your message out there, whatever that may be. Um, but yeah, that's just a little bit more of a pain in the ass. We just had to <laughs> go from being photographers to videographers, uh -huh. which is like a very strong transition. <laughs> it is a very <laughs> big editing. The time it takes to edit something uh -huh. is so significantly like and finding sounds, finding oh, sounds yeah. now, and then like partnering with like a business <laughs> account that doesn't have access to music. Sometimes we make really good stuff, and then I can't collaborate with them because the music's not there. We we also ran into that problem. It's the worst, <laughs> it's the worst. I, I think one thing that's unique about the reels, and specifically though, is that you have to essentially put a face to the brand. It can't yes. just be a picture of a beer or your tap room, which are all very good highlights, but you kind of have to assume that role a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It humanizes you. And I think that's great for brands like Divine Barrel and businesses like Divine Barrel who thrive on community because you can see like, hey, like here's who we are and here's like what we're like versus the static image of like, it's like Here's anything. It's like anything with social media, where like you only see the best and the prim and the proper, and like right. I'm only showing you the good things. But this gives you an opportunity to be a little bit more real and humanize yourself. And yeah. I feel like humanizing brands is so friggin' important. Without what? What doubt. are you laughing at me for? You gotta be real. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I watched that joke process in your head. <laughs> but the uh, it's a good one. Did, like you keep talking about the community here, yeah. and like doing just a little bit of research before we came here. This mm -hmm. is one of the only breweries I've found uh, by way of intentionally looking that has a code of conduct publicly yes. listed. I mean, that's, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, uh, it all stemmed from, I don't know if y'all are aware of the brave noise initiative. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, so we were, I think the, second brewery to do that in Charlotte behind Pilot Brewing, which is woman-owned. Woman -owned. Who you guys um, are talking to this week. Yes. <laughs> and we're very good friends with Pilot. Um, but we, and so again, going back to trying to be good neighbors and community oriented and wanting anybody who walks through our doors, no matter what they look like, no matter what their gender, no matter whatever makes them different as a human. We want anybody who walks through our doors to feel comfortable, safe, welcome, and just happy to have a beer here. Um, so there have been, and a lot of these beer projects kind of took off at the start of the pandemic. Um, and I think it was kicked off mostly by uh, Altogether, which was started by other half. But uh, this Brave Noise um, is an initiative started by Notch Brewing and Brianne Allen. Right? That's her last name? Yep, you're right. No. Okay. It had been a while since I'd talked about her <laughs> specifically. Uh, but she basically set off um, 
a huge the Me Too movement m- yeah, of the huge, brewery. The right. women of the bevolution, if you will. Yes. So as a result of countless stories of um, mistreatment within our industry, um, Brianna Notch started this Brave Noise initiative and asked part asked breweries across America and the world to to take part. And one of the conditions um, in order to take part was to create a code of conduct, um, which we didn't have. Um, but again, it was, seemed like common sense. Um, so we have we have a physical copy of our code. We have two of them, I think. One's posted right outside on the front door. One's posted on our um, our events board, and then we have a copy on our website as well. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if you just treat people like with the golden rule, just treat people how you would prefer to be treated, and you won't have a problem here at Divine Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I think a beer has enough pretension in it anyway. Yeah, so. yeah we need less of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things, too, that I think James and I hit on a lot is like just making sure that we're advocating for an inclusive industry. Um, Talked about Brave Noise. I think there Mm -hmm. were only three or four breweries in Charlotte that actually ended up committing to doing that initiative, which is not enough breweries. I mean, Charlotte in Charlotte, like greater area of Charlotte, 60, 70 breweries, if you're talking Lake Norman to Fort Mill. Um, And there were like literally four or maybe five if I'm missing one. But that's extremely powerful to say like, Hey, we were one of the first people to do this here because we actively really care about this and we want to make sure that the industry is a better place. Well, and, and not just that, but you know, craft beer is since its inception is basically just had fat bearded white guys like myself that are the main customers (laughs) Hey, he says. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just I like myself, but like, there's a huge opportunity. Like, women love beer. Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, and there are all these different groups of people that have been long forgotten or set by the wayside. And part of our goal and mission is to we want people who are different to come in here and try our beer and see that craft beer can be welcoming for more than just a fat white guy like myself or yeah or you, whoever, want, you, you know? want beer to be approachable right and exactly you don't want anyone to walk in here and ever feel like i don't belong right right so and that, even dogs dogs all belong <laughs> here too dogs very all dog here. friendly space we've even had a, a pet cat in here recently I oh saw, really on yeah. a leash uh, it was on a leash amazing was, yeah so. not, not in a, like one of those backpack bubbles no it was on <laughs> oh, a leash it was wild it was <laughs> wild i saw the picture somebody sent me the picture of it and i was like is that cat on a leash <laughs> and it sure was so <laughs> you know as long as you're well behaved you're welcome in here it's it's a very it's an awkward thing to walk into a place and you feel like you don't belong. And mm-hmm. and obviously the only literal only experience I have with that is just in like random, like podunk towns in Kentucky where I don't live. Cause I come from the big city of Louisville. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and I walk in and they're just like, who's this guy? 
Well, last time you and I got a beer together, there was a lot of casual sexism thrown at me. Yeah. (laughs) And forgot about that. uh, (laughs) I was like, we walked out of that place and Michael was like, that was really uncalled for. And I was like, I, I don't even know what to say in this instance. Like that was so uncomfortable, but we were kind of in a podunk town. So. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. But so, but literally is like, I mean, nobody likes to feel that way. So if you can prevent that in any small way by just thinking about like, Hey, who's going to walk through those doors today? Let's just imagine. Right. Let's do better. Well, and part of that is also training. So, you know, you want your staff to be well-educated. And so part of what we've done is we've gotten together with our friends at Pilot Brewing and uh, Resident Culture Brewing and a couple of other um, breweries in the Charlotte area. And again, a, a lot of this is stemmed from Brave Noise and Brianne Allen's um, Me Too movement within the industry. But uh, we've we've started to make a well not started we have made a industry toolkit that we um, kind of has best practices um, and it's free and available to any alcohol producer or any business that wants it in Charlotte North Carolina anywhere and you've hosted or co-hosted like HR meetings with yeah. breweries across the city as well to make sure people have access to right. like understand what actual HR mm-hmm. protocol is, which is really cool. Yeah. And so it's just kind of create it along with pilot and resident culture. We, the three of us have really tried to spearhead um, some of these initiatives where we'll have a class here, whether it's um, so we had, what do we have here? We just had a, as an introduction to this toolkit that we came up with, we had Safe Alliance, which is an organization that um, deals in uh, abuse, abusive relationships and, and getting women out of abusive. And they have a whole lot of other services within the organization. But we had them out. Um, and then we've done like gender pronouns. We've had a meeting at Free Range Brewing. And so it's just, again, it's all about education and teaching your staff because, you know, they they may just not know the best practices and microaggressions and this, that, and the other. And so yeah, and there's, you have to invest time to make sure everybody knows. Yeah, you have to broaden your perspective. So, like, my background is in, like, corporate IT, so these are all things that kind of just come naturally in a large-scale business where you have NHR and everything else. But when you apply that to a small business like a brewery that maybe has 12, 10 you know, 30 employees, then that's, that's another role to fill. That's another paid position. And it's, you know, but instilling things like this code of conduct, like directly publicly available, you know, that, that really sets a precedence for catching up our industry into both the developed industries in in the world or in the States, whatever. Yeah, 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 (laughs) no, for sure. It's important. I mean, again, like she said, there were five or six breweries that took part in this brave noise. And, you know, we certainly understand that not every business can make a batch of beer and then donate a hundred percent of the proceeds to, um, but the five out of 50 or 60 breweries is, it, it could be a lot, it could be a lot more. Yeah. And, and it's not just here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's, it's everywhere. Um, and I think part of it is, 
people are just scared to make that first step. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> People are yeah, just scared. You get the, so even with some of the content that we collaborate on, like you get the bros, sorry, the beer bros in the comments that are like, keep beer out of politics or keep your politics out of beer, right? Like this is beer, not like, why, why are you trying to make a statement about this? And honestly, I'm so used to it at this point because I've dealt with it for the last five years of running work for your beer. Um, but it's... <laughs> When it happens, like James and I know when we post something, if there's going to be like comments that come through and you and I monitoring the comment section is really fun because we're like, oh, here's another troll. Like, what do we want to do with this one? And uh, we kind of have to, we, I don't like that it's assumed that we'll get those comments because the stuff that we're posting isn't revolutionary. It's no. literally just be, it's literally like be inclusive and like treat be people with good respect. Person. Yeah. And then people are like, they get on their little like troll burner accounts. and Oh God. Yeah. And so we deal with that pr pretty frequently. I would say not all yeah. of our content is contentious by any means, but no. we've had three or four videos where we've had to deal with that, where we're like, yep, here comes the comments. Like, mm -hmm. let's address this. And then and you're like, I'm going to make a beer and then merch and then I'm going to make money off of you. Yeah. Dumbass. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Profit. Profit. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's interesting. So we do have uh, another beer sitting on the table here. Uh, yeah. It's got a little bit of time to warm up. Yeah. But uh, this is a special can that you pulled out from the back of bourbon barrel age barley wine that was uh, then transferred into cognac barrels? Uh, so it, no, it, it just rested in cognac barrels. Oh, okay. So we took this base beer. It's called Sleep is the Cousin of Death, <laughs> um, which is, uh, I know, it's a very barley wine name. But it sounds like a very burial inspired. <laughs> <laughs> it is. However, I will say it, I got the inspiration for the name from a Nas lyric. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so a lot would, of your beers are named after. Yeah. They're songs obscure song lyrics. lyrics or references that yeah. are stupid show references or whatever. Like very strong inside jokes. Yes. <laughs> and to be clear, if it was a burial reference, it would have to have 16 more adjectives. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So anyways, this um, rested in cognac barrels for 14 months. And I, if I remember correctly, we released it in March during our anniversary. So we have uh, this uh, variant, and then we also have an apple brandy variant. Um, but decided to do the cognac version because uh, it is the head brewer Ben's favorite version. I don't know. Do you want me to pour it I'll, out? I'll, or? I'll, I'll pour Go some. for it. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Look we know. There we go. Either way. Yeah, we know we know a thing or two about barrels being from Kentucky. Do you yeah. all uh, do you all place a focus on that? Obviously, we're sitting here and there's a ton. The name barrel is in your <laughs> name, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So we do have a barrel age program. It's um, it's getting more and more robust as we as we get older. But um, we focus heavily on uh, stouts and barley wines. Um, so primarily have have those sitting in barrels, and we have a whole bunch of different uh, spirit barrels for them. Uh, like I said, we have a couple of bourbon and whiskey barrels from the distillery across the street, Great Wagon Road. Um, got some apple brandy barrels, uh, some maple syrup bourbon barrels that I think is uh, resting, that a stout delicious. is resting in. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and then, of course, we also do traditional sours, mixed culture sours and saisons. So we've got a couple of those resting in red wine barrels, white wine barrels. Um, and then I think we're, we should have a couple more fun projects coming up. Um, I think we're going to take one of our loggers in the coming months, toss it in some tequila barrels just for a few months and release it. I think around, I think we might release it on like Cinco de Mayo and just have like a lime barrel aged lager. Just tequila. Yeah. Love that. Just kind of, <laughs> again, I just kind of do fun, random, weird stuff. I'll be back in May. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome back anytime. Um, this is I, delicious. So, I mean, we we know work. Some of these barrels come from obviously, but what is what does barrel sourcing look like for you all? So, if you can believe it, um, so if you're a big enough brewery or you know people at you know say a distillery in Louisville or outside of or somewhere in Kentucky, hey, you like, said it right. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I say it wrong. <laughs> oh, do you? I'm just not good at it. I try really hard, but. I'm not very good. Oh. <laughs> we all have our Louisville. strengths and weaknesses. Louisville. <laughs> uh, anyways, there are actual companies that uh, also source barrels. So you go, you can go through them to pick out any barrels that you want or whatever they have in stock. Um, or again, like I was saying, if you have a inside connect at one of these distilleries or uh, wineries or anything like that, then you can get them directly. Uh, as well. That's great. Gavin's creepy. Sorry, our, <laughs> yeah, he was just staring at us through the roll-up door. It got me distracted. <laughs> the nose on this is just incredible. It's just it's like tasty. Super dark grape, like caramel all the way through. This is this is really well done. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it tastes like the heat on it too. Just a, a it's tad. got yeah. It's got just enough warming sensation as it goes down. It's um, we're very proud of this, and uh, <laughs> and I love that we have canned. We've canned these instead of bottled them. Um, bottling can be a little bit of a pain in the ass, uh, and canning not so much because we have a mobile canning company that'll come in and do it for us. So. I don't know. I'm a pretty good canning line. You human. are an excellent canning line. I learned line how to stack tech. pallets here. Mm-hmm. So she's learned she's learned some uh, industry stuff uh, hanging out around here too. <laughs> I I think for beers like this, like some of the higher octane, sixteen ounces even split is enough. Yeah. That's all. You, I mean, you don't need a bomber. I, 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 well, that's not true. We've done bombers of it. They're they're great, but I'm with you. I think smaller format for some of these bigger ABV and and big boozy beers. Like at the end of the day, are you really going to drink 22 ounces of a barley wine on your own? No, you'll be. Uh, no, I've been there and done that. <laughs> not, I mean, not at the end of the day. You probably weren't feeling awesome after you finished it by yourself. I, Maybe you or were feeling he was. awesome. <laughs> All right. Maybe you're full. <laughs> you're probably full. There we go. I'll say that. But no, I think it's like 16 ounces. Is split it's a, per, it's it's a perfect, perfect beer to share. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And in, in the can format, too, you can get a couple cans and share the experience. Right. So you get one bottle, you know, it's usually at a premium. It can kind of yeah. cost you. And then it's like, when do I open it? Yeah. When do I, I, I mean, I have a cellar full of things. I'm like, uh -huh. man, when, when do I open this? Well, and that's yeah, the other thing. Yeah. So I think we sold these as singles and two packs. 
So it, yeah. again, you don't have to pay a for a whole four pack of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I but love you this should beer. because it's that good. <laughs> this is this is very nice. Thank you very much for sharing this oh, with of us. Course. This, is, this is great. Send I'm compliments to Ben after. Absolutely. We Glad y'all enjoy it. We talked a little bit about uh, barrels and you know you saying Louisville correctly. Um, <laughs> do you know what a Kentucky Common is? Yeah, it's um, I've had one before. It's it's kind of like a. I know it's a lighter. It's isn't it like a lighter beer that was then aged in bourbon barrel? It it, it can be. I I've, uh, yeah. the Kentucky Commons that I've had have all seemingly been barrel aged. I feel like. And and that's and that and that's great, but it's not it's not a requirement. But it's it's, yeah. a, it's a dark cream ale. Okay, that's right. Yeah, I've had one. That's right. Last you, time you just enveloped the mystery or the 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 lackadaisical uh, interpretations of the Kentucky <laughs> Common. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. So so yeah, so it can be it can be a lot of things, right? Uh-huh. So we we even last year during Louisville Beer Week we host an entire panel mm-hmm. of five people just talking about what a Kentucky common was, including uh, Leah Dinas from apocalypse brew works who mm-hmm. helped to write the BJCP guidelines. <laughs> and there was still contention. <laughs> and she's like, I wrote it. <laughs> like, like uh, I don't know. I, I was the one who wrote this. So there's I nothing to down. argue here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to Michael's point, it's like a dark cream ale, usually fermented uh, extremely quickly, mm-hmm. but also in like lager style caves or yeah. at that temp. Um, which allows it to turn over extremely quickly, uh-huh. um, and then it was it was a huge export out of out of the state down the Ohio for many many years until prohibition ultimately just killed that whole industry. Um, but we we always like to ask that question just to get the interpretation because everyone does do it a little bit differently. I'd say I and I should have known a little more about the Kentucky Common. I haven't brushed up on my beer style Listen, knowledge in a little while. you did your research, but James <laughs> into his on you. It's also, yeah. admittedly, it's, it's, it's a claim to fame that we're trying to claim. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of like only two or three beer styles that was actually invented in the United States. It's indigenous to the United States. Everything else has come from Europe or somewhere else. Right. And, uh, you know, it's just, we're Kentucky. We can claim that. Why not? Absolutely. For sure. Uh, maybe we'll have to try one on our small batch system or something please <laughs> and if it's a big hit we'll move it up to the big system do you have any uniquely north carolina beers i know we had a taste of the pub ale which is just a uh-huh. you know you said um, kind of like an esb outside of the cobbler carolina yeah. cobbler series right that's uh that is a good question uniquely north carolina just pick one and own it <laughs> we invented this uh, i made this i uh, I don't know that there's like I don't, people yeah. ask me about this like oh what's I Charlotte brewer like what is Charlotte known for from a beer scene and my, my thing is always diversity I feel like every brewery carries a really else. good yeah. like variety and is known to your point for their own style yeah that's that's a that's even I'd you guys like really throw down on West Coast IPAs mm-hmm. lagers and then sours like it's like yeah. you have a good variety yeah I and I think that's. I don't think necessarily North Carolina is known for anything. Charlotte is really known for anything other than the fact that I just think Charlotte has become known as a destination where you can get, where you can go drink at like a ton of just very, very, very solid breweries that, like she said, Everybody differentiates themselves kind of 
their own way. Um, I don't think there's any brewery in Charlotte that feels like another brewery in Charlotte. Like when you think about like aesthetic, like even when I, I mean, I have 15 breweries on the list for Michael and David to go to while they're in Charlotte. And Mm -hmm. that's like a small amount of breweries, but every single one we're going to go to is going to be different. And even like, I think we mentioned resident culture for a hot second here. A lot of these breweries are starting to have multiple tap rooms and Mm -hmm. even their tap rooms are different different from one another. Like resident culture in Plaza Midwood is a completely different place than resident culture in South end and like free range brewing in Noda or Villa Heights is completely different than their camp North end location. And Mm -hmm. it's just like kind of interesting that it's like, Hey, we want to like differentiate ourselves, but also like we just want to make really good beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. So to that point, uh, we heard that Charlotte beer month is coming up in October. Yes. Yeah, Charlotte Craft, uh, and then so we're also going to have Charlotte Craft Beer Week. We're bringing that back, um, and if I... Uh, I just got the email for this. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the dates. I think it's September the 20... Tw- 22nd, 22nd through, through the 30th? I th- I th- mm, don't quote me on that. I think it's, okay. But it's like, uh, it's over a week, because I was yeah. like, this feels like I, it's long. I actually thought it was in October. <clears throat> not September. It is October. Did oh, I say September? September? Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm oh. in, I'm in October. <laughs> are we are we <laughs> sistering Louisville Beer Week? And try, so, yeah, so we, it sounds I like it's, it's overlapping. October twenty second through like Halloween weekend. Yes. That's, yeah, that's ours. ours. That's ours. Oh, oh my really? god! Look at us. Look at us. Look at us. <laughs> Let's just merge them. We we'll just fly oh, people yeah. from Louisville to Charlotte. That's and right. We're, we can be sister cities. Right? That's right. Amazing. Uh, but off the top of your head, uh, do you know of it? Like, what what is that? What does that usually look like? So. Especially this year, bringing it back for the first time, I think there's going to be um, not growing pains, but you know, the be, having it be the first year back, I think it's going to take um, a year or two for to have complete buy-in. But effectively, Charlotte Craft Beer Week is just a celebration of um, Charlotte beer. So any brewery that's in the Charlotte area is welcome to participate. the The goal is to have um, like a mini festival at the end of the week. Um, we're still looking, I think we're looking for a location to host that still. Um, and then just kind of some fun events throughout the week that are base events. Like I think there's going to be a night where brewers are able to read uh, funny, untapped. Bad reviews. Bad reviews. From the oh. app we don't mention. Exactly. Yes, it's called uh, Bad Review Night, and but. I very much want to participate in this. <laughs> I'm writing this down yeah. For, yeah, for another organization. So, so. Like, there's a bunch of, they have a host for it, and there's a bunch of breweries participating. That one's uh, being hosted at Free Range. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, they'll come, and they'll just read reviews that they've gotten and hopefully poke fun at themselves and or the people who wrote it. So right now we're, we're really rolling the, Charlotte Craft Beer Week back out to brewers and the public in general, but it's effectively an open week for brewers to do whatever they want and showcase their brewery and put on events. And it's not just breweries. Um, Any beer bars are welcome to take part in and do their own events. So it's kind of like, it's almost like a free for all, uh, it, like controlled chaos. Controlled chaos like is what I'll say. Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Perfect. It's the Super Smash Brothers of beer. Uh, <laughs> guys, thank you so much for, for inviting us in today. We really appreciate it. We've had some good beers. We've had some good conversation. Uh, this is what it's all about. Just feeling comfortable just talking to somebody for 20 minutes at a brewery and be like, hey, we're, we're friends now, right? We can hang out. 
share a beer and have a conversation at a brewery is what it's all about. It is. All right. Thank you so much for hosting us, guys. Thank you for thinking of us and for coming. We had a, had a blast. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>